You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. the defense of Israel, and it didn't depend on walls. It didn't depend on towers. It didn't depend on shields. It didn't depend on water supplies. It didn't depend on their strength, their courage, or their determination. It depended upon God. And I like that. I really, really like that. It depended upon God. And God was going to do such a mighty work here. He was going to do a work that would really just They weren't wearing socks, but if they were, they would have been blown off. We cherish our freedom to choose. We love the liberty to make decisions for ourselves, and we love to be right, even when it hurts us. Today, Pastor Dave wants you to know that you need to put your faith in Jesus if you want to change the things in your life that you hate. Jesus wants to help you to be the best person you can be. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 32 as he begins his message, Just When You Thought It Was Safe. We're going into chapter 32 in the book of Chronicles, and I entitled this message, Just When You Thought It Was Safe. Just When You Thought It Was Safe. So as we begin 2 Chronicles 32, we read in verse 1a, after these deeds of faithfulness, after these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Jerusalem. Back in 2 Kings 18, in 2 Kings 18, we're told about Hezekiah in 18, 1 through 7. I'm going to read this. It gives us a good idea. In verse chapter 18, beginning in 2 Kings, in verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abai, and and the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among the kings of Judah, nor were who were before. He held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following the Lord, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him, and he prospered wherever he went. You see this beautiful, beautiful description of Hezekiah. And the deeds of faithfulness, now that we see here in 2 Chronicles 32, these deeds of faithfulness was after the cleansing, the consecration, and the restoration of the temple. After organizing the Levites and the priests and giving them back their daily service to the Lord, 
after removing the high places where they burned incense, after cleansing the land of all idols, after reinstituting the Passover feast, after inviting the brothers and sisters from the northern kingdom to join them, and they all celebrated together, worshiping and praising the Lord, after Hezekiah began collecting the tithes and offerings once again for the temple and the Levites and the priests. It's really interesting because in verse 30, uh, 21 of chapter 31, it says, and in, the very, and in every work that he began, talking about Hezekiah, in the service in the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did with all his heart, so he prospered. After all these faithful deeds that Hezekiah had done, the king of the Assyrians comes to Judah. It's interesting, and we've talked about this before, and, and we've talked about it at length. Anytime there are faithful deeds, there is always an enemy to come. Anytime you have a mountaintop experience, whether it be a retreat, whether it be a conference, whether it be a great reading in God's word in your own prayer time, anytime you have a mountaintop experience, anytime you have a victory over sin, anytime you have a victory over an illness or a healing, anytime the Lord works mightily in your life, anytime those kind of things happen, it could be a great Bible study, it could be a great time of fellowship, it could be a great outreach and people getting saved left and right. Anytime those kind of things happen, just when you thought it was safe, Satan comes knocking at your door. He comes in strange ways to try to trip you up, to try to bring you down. He comes knocking. Look at the things that have happened here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you go back two marches ago, we were packed. We were bursting at the seams. And we were planning to go to two services right after Easter. Thank you. COVID. We had to shut down. And we've been working our way back ever since. And every time we get back to a certain point, something happens again. See, when you're really seeking the Lord like Hezekiah was, and when you're leading a whole nation into revival, or a whole church, or a whole family, or whatever, when you're doing that, you're really making someone extremely angry. And they're going to come against you. And you're going to get hit up the side of the head. And if you're not aware that it's coming, you're going to get caught off guard. And this is how many of us fall on our face because we're caught off guard. We're caught off guard. After all of Hezekiah's reforming activities and the subsequent revival that was taking place in the hearts of all the Israelites, not just Judah, but in the north too, you would think that the Lord would give the land some rest. But instead, the Lord allowed the army of the Assyrians to come right into Jerusalem. Why didn't the Lord protect Judah? Why didn't he protect them? They were so faithful. They were so great. But we can understand why at this time the northern kingdom was carried away. We understand that. Idolatry. They were steeped in idolatry, which was fornication, adultery, fornication, adultery, uh, uh, spiritual fornication, spiritual adultery. We understand that. We understand why the Lord was angry at them. But Hezekiah, all that he had done, they returned to serving the Lord and worshiping the Lord through his leadership. 
And even though he made several mistakes, it said in scriptures, and I read it to you, his heart was always towards the Lord. His heart was always towards the Lord. Our tendency is to think that we are generally faithful from God, we're immune from attack. We think that. That's a natural human response. You might even think that if you have a great time in the Lord. Well, I read four chapters this morning. Everything's going to go great. The experienced Hezekiah and countless other men and women of God tell us otherwise. God wanted to fulfill a divine purpose through the life of Hezekiah and the life of the nation Israel. God had a plan for Israel. And their plan, the plan that God had was to tell about him to other countries to tell about his grace and his mercy, to show him to other countries. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to transform Hezekiah into a man of true faith. He didn't want to see Hezekiah waver. He wanted him to be strong in his faith. When we allow God to have his way, the trials that come into our life work for us, not against us. When God is in charge of our lives and trials come, he uses them for his good and for our good. And they bring great glory to him. You know, God has a mighty plan for each one of you. He has a mighty plan for each one of you. And collectively, I still believe he has a mighty plan. And I see that plan unfolding for this church, this Calvary Chapel. I see it unfolding before my eyes. And God has a plan for you. You know, we read Jeremiah 29, 11, for a future and a hope. Well, he has a future and a hope for all of us. He has a future and a hope for all of us. And it may be going to be with him. I don't know. But that is our future. That is eventually where we're all going to wind up. Whether we all get together there at the rapture or when he takes us through the valley of the shadow of death one by one. But we'll all be there together one day. And he wants to do that. Hezekiah had to learn this. And we need to learn also that we are second in command when it comes to our own lives. I've been bought with a price. I don't belong to me anymore. I belong to him. He bought me with the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been blood bought. We need to learn that the Lord is sovereign in all his ways. He is sovereign. And if you cannot reconcile the sovereignty of God, you're going to have a very, very difficult time in life as a Christian. You're going to have a very difficult time in life as a Christian. So the king of Assyria... A different king that took, then took away the northern king, but he saw that, well, if it worked for them, it worked for me. So he comes and he sets up shop outside of Jerusalem and Judah, and he wants to take them down. What does Hezekiah do? Well, Hezekiah, remember, is a man of great faith. Hezekiah is a man of great strength, a man of great faith, a man who is trusting in the Lord, and listen to what he does. Let's read verses 2 through 8. And when Hezekiah saw that Shennacherib had come and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the king of Assyria come and find much water? This was a great plan. It's a great plan. If they don't have water, they're going to have to travel back and try to get water someplace else. So they wanted to stop up the water from getting out there. And he, 
Hezekiah strengthened himself. He built up all the wall that was broken, raised it up the towers, built another wall outside. He also repaired the Milo in the city of David and made weapons and shields in abundance. Then he sought he set the military captains over the people, gathered them together to give him in an open square of the city of gate and gave them encouraging saying. This is what he says to them. Listen to the words of the king to this group. Now they're probably looking over outside and they see this horde of people out there, this massive army that has come against them. And they're looking around going, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. You know, they're, they're vastly outnumbered here. They're vastly outnumbered. But listen to what Hezekiah says to them in verse 7 and 8. Be strong and courageous. Doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, he's using the Lord's very words. Be strong and courageous. Oh, do not be afraid. Here we go again. Nor be dismayed before the king of Assyria. In other words, don't worry about all those guys out there with all their shields and their swords and all their horses and chariots and all their angry growls and all this thing that's coming in. Nor before all the multitude that is with him. Why? For there are more with us than with him. You hear that? There are more with us than with him. And I'm sure some of the guys went, yo, king, your math is pretty poor because I'm counting here and you're over there. Wait a minute. We got it. Where's your, uh, what is that thing they used to use? Anyhow, they didn't have calculators. That's for sure. With him, he says, with him, Shennacherib is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord, our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Man, Hezekiah can stir up a group. I love that. He can get them going. He prepares against the coming attack, the seeds that they're going to lay. He stops the water springs from flowing. And he says, if they don't have water, they're going to have to go someplace else for it. He strengthened himself up. He built the wall that was broken. He raised the towers. He got other preparations because this was a serious threat. He knew that the northern kingdom had already been carried away. He knew that from the people who came to the Passover. He knew that the remnant that was left had come, and they told him, hey, all our brothers and sisters are gone. They've been carried away. So he knew that. He knew this was a serious threat, and he made a diligent plan to Defend Jerusalem and Judah. And I love what he says in verses 7 and 8. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The Lord told him that a few chapters ago. The Lord said those very things to him. And now he's passing it on to his groups, trying to rally them together. Don't be worried about it. He understood the defense of Israel, and it didn't depend on walls. It didn't depend on towers. It didn't depend on shields. It didn't depend on water supplies. It didn't depend on their strength, their courage, or their determination. It depended upon God. I like that. I really, really like that. It depended upon God. And God was going to do such a mighty work here. He was going to do a work that would really just, they weren't wearing socks, but if they were, they would have been blown off. Because this is going to be incredible. For there are more with us than with him. We have more power than they have. And does anyone know who he's quoting here? If you remember correctly, back in 2 Kings 6, 
in 2 Kings 6, when Elijah or Elisha, remember they were being attacked and, 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 and they were blinded and, and they were blinded. And in verse 16, it says, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are get with them. And Elisha prayed and the Lord would open their eyes. And when they opened their eyes, they saw this huge army behind them. And they turned around and ran. So he's saying the same thing. Don't worry about it. The Lord's got this. I love this guy. This is really good. This guy, this, I think this is really cool. I loved it. For if the Lord is with our God, he's here. Now, you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be standing for us, who can be against us? What can man do to us? Nothing. If God be for us, who can be against us? I, I just love this. I just really, really like this time. Where, and and he's he telling them, and he's giving them hope. He knew they were vastly outnumbered. He knew that they were just outnumbered to the hill. And he knew that in the, of their own strength, they had no way they were going to defeat this huge army. But he knew also that God was with them. And God was going to do something mighty, something mighty. So Shennacherib sends this propaganda campaign. He's going to talk the people of Judah to try to come against the king. He's going to try to win them over. So let's read verses 9 through 19. After this, Shennacherib, king of Assyria, sent his servants to Jerusalem, but all the forces with him laid siege against Lachish to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Shennacherib, king of Assyria, In what do you trust, that you remain under siege in Jerusalem? Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, The Lord our God will deliver us from the, land, from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, you, you shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the people of other lands? Where the gods of the nations of those lands were in, were the gods of the nations of those lands in any way able to deliver their, hand, their lands out of my hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations and my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this, and do not believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less your God deliver you from my hand? Hezzy. Wow. Man, we'll get to this in a minute. Furthermore, his servant spoke against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to revile the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, as the gods of other nations or other lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. Then they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them that they might take the city. And they spoke against God of Jerusalem, against the gods of the people of the earth and the work of men's hands. Wow, that's incredible. Sennacherib sends his guys, his servants. He sends them there. The bulk of his army is staying at Lachish. Shennacherib sent some men to Jerusalem to prepare the siege. 
This was psychological warfare. He was trying to blow their minds with what he said. And the thing about it was, what he said was true. No other nation was able to stand up against him. No other nation was able to come against him. He conquered everybody he came against and more. So what he was saying was true. It's interesting. Now, Lachish, historically, is 30 miles southwest of Jerusalem. And it's interesting... It's interesting that archaeologists have discovered a pit there with the remains of about 1,500 casualties from Shennacherib's attack. That's pretty cool. I like that. He says, and who do you trust that you remain under siege? Now, remember in 2 Kings verse chapter 18, these servants who we're talking about here in 2 Chronicles had names. They're the three amigos. Do you remember them? These guys came in. I love them. One guy's name was Tartan. The other guy's name was Rabsaris. And the other guy's name was Rabshika. He was the three amigos. Remember, they came in and they were doing all this stuff according to 2 according to, uh, Kings. They tried to shake the trust of Hezekiah. They tried to tell the people, you're trusting in the wrong God. You're trusting in the Lord. Satan loves to shake our trust in God. Shake, Satan loves to shake our trust in God. Has he changed one iota from the very first time he slithered up to Eve and said, has God really said you would die? He loves to shake our trust in God. He loves to put doubt in our mind to think that God is not able to do what God wants to do at all according to his purpose. And this has been his plan. And you know what? It's an old plan, but by golly, it still works. <laughs> it still works. Has God said, he gets you to distrust God's word. He gets you to look at this, and it's happening now. We've talked about this. It's happening right now. People look and go, well, you know what? They've been talking about the rapture now for centuries, and it hasn't happened. Come on. When are we going to get off this kick? When am I going to find something else to do? All these prophecies, they're old hat. They all took place before. There's nothing new here. Come on. See, they're getting you to question God's word. They're getting you to think God's word's not true. They're getting you to say, well, there's something wrong with God's word, and then your head begins to get messed up, and you get to go down the wrong path. Now, we read in 2 Kings that Hezekiah did make a misstep. He made a little bit of a misstep, and he didn't trust in the Lord when he was mocked by the Assyrians, instead, he tried to make an alliance with Egypt. He tried to make a small alliance with Egypt. Now, please tell me, what does Egypt represent in Scripture? Sin and the world. It represents sin in the world. It represents sin in the world. Bondage. Yes, bondage. And it was a great t- temptation for Hezekiah during this time to make them. He wanted to get more people to help him. He wanted to get more guys to come in and help him. But the Lord wanted Judah to trust in him and not Israel, and not Egypt. I love the fact he calls his name. Wasn't it his Hezekiah? And then he tries to get the people against the leader. This is one of his good tricks. He uses this perfectly. He uses it in every single church I've ever been in. I've seen it many, many times. He tries to get the people against the leader. And he tries to tear down the leader through other people. You know, and they start to talk. He did this. Well, yeah, well, he did this. Well, yeah, well, he did this. And all of a sudden, you have a group of people who are coming against the leader. And it happens all the time. Satan rubs a little nastiness in there, and you get your feelings hurt or something like that. And all of a sudden, the leader's no good. He's got to go. You are a sure.
You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been working his way through the book of 2 Chronicles. Before you assume that this book entails a bunch of details from the past that don't really affect you today, make sure you take some time to appreciate what this book offers. In addition to the history of the Israelite people, you get to know the rise and fall of many kings. They were all sinners who needed a savior. They were just like every person today, no matter their status, who needs a savior. Do you know this savior, Jesus? If you do, you've come to greatly value what this means in your life. If you're unfamiliar with the concept, we want to help you understand that. No one has it all figured out on their own. For sure, no one is capable of living without sin and error. But what you need to realize is that there's a sure hope through the Savior, Jesus Christ. His willingness to be traded for your sins makes all the difference. By knowing Him personally and believing in Him, you get to move forward with life, knowing you're not perfect, but that God's bringing you into something better. The ministry of Assure Hope comes out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're in the area, we'd love to worship God together with you this weekend. Head over to AssureHopeRadio.com for service times and directions. Again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. If you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. That's all we have for today, but we look forward to connecting with you again on the next edition of Assure Hope.